welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond. Hello, dietitian bosses. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining us on Dietitian Boss Podcast. Today, we are joined with Christina Cook, and she is one of our amazing dietitian bosses that is having some fun in our program and having some successes too. And we know how important sharing learning and successes are for everybody listening at home and how encouraging that can be for you. So we're so excited to have Christina join us today on the Dietitian Boss Podcast. Hey, Christina, welcome. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here today. Awesome. So, Christina, before we get started, where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram under type2.diabetes.nutritionist, also under Christina Cook. That's Christina with a K, Cook with an E. Awesome. And share a little bit about how you got started in dietetics in general, or a little bit about your story, how you wound up where you are now. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll take you way back to the beginning. I decided actually, so it's actually funny because I know that you're a naturopath and I originally wanted to become a naturopathic doctor. I decided that in high school, I was on the dance team in high school and we had a coach that was very much into holistic healing and yoga. At the time, I mean, I grew up cooking with my German grandmother, so I was always in the kitchen, loved cooking, loved being around food, but I really didn't eat any vegetables. You know, I was very much a picky eater, so it's kind of a joke in my family that I became a dietitian. But I decided that I actually wanted to go the RD route and become a dietitian. So I went to community college, then I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo here in California, and then that led me to my dietetic internship at Keene State in Keene, New Hampshire. So that was a big move. So it took quite a while. It took me seven years because there was a lot of life things happening during that time. But if you're on that track and it's taking a while, don't give up. You know, the time's going to pass either way. But after I got my credential in 2017, I started working clinical and it was at the hospital where I was doing my clinical rotation. So I really, you know, lucked out there worked at a few different hospitals. And during that time, I decided to open my private practice called My Seasoned Soul. And it's interesting. It's, you know, I'm under the same DBA currently doing business as, but I'm using my name now. And I can just say that it has been a world of a difference doing private practice previously, because I just didn't know where to start. I didn't know what I was doing. I think, you know, I took a lot of learnings from that, but I kind of tabled that for a while, started with a beverage company where I'm still working full time. And a couple months ago, I decided, you know, I really miss patient interaction and I really miss, you know, working one-on-one with people and connecting with people. I love talking to people and I feel like that's where I really thrive. And so I decided to reopen my private practice and here we are. So it's been really wonderful working with you and Libby and just dietitian boss in general, because I can't tell you how much I have learned already. 
completely complete 180. I was just telling my grandpa yesterday within the first four years of opening my business, I've made more in two months now since working with dietitian boss than I have in that four years. So I think that's, oh my lot. gosh, I just got chills. Like literally got chills. Like you can, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see the goosebumps on my arm here about that. So that's so amazing, Christina, that you are making more money than you ever have in four years private practice. And I think that goes to one of the common fears that people have about private practice is like, is this sustainable? from an energetic perspective? And is it sustainable from a financial perspective? And is it safe to do, right? Because it feels sometimes safer to stay in a clinical job or stay in a position where you're paid a salary and maybe have some benefits. But you're saying that you're having financial success. You're connecting with people that you're enjoying talking to and having fun with. And so I just want to highlight one of the things that you've said that I think is so important for everybody, no matter what path you're on, is that to not give up. You said, don't give up. Time is going to pass anyways. And I think that is so important in your educational journey, in your business journey, in anything that is part of your life, really. It doesn't have to do just with education and business. So how did you come up with that? Is that something that you heard from somewhere? Is it an affirmation you created for yourself? That's just something that I realized on my own personal life path is that, you know, I mean, that's another story. We all have our life experiences, but I just remember when I was younger and I was going to school and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to become a registered dietitian, but my dad passed away when I was 19 and I was at community college and it was like, you know, things just happen sometimes and like life comes in. That's why we're here. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's going to happen either way, but I feel like you have to kind of use that energy to propel you forward rather than let it get you discouraged. And it might get you discouraged for a little bit, but that's your responsibility to kind of find a way to use that and let that pick you back up. Because I've just realized the worst thing that you can do is just sit on it. And I think one thing that really made that click for me was it was during the time that after my dad passed away and I was at community college and it was a really bad time for me. I wasn't eating. I'll just say that I was having some disordered eating issues and things like that. And I was at a neighbor's house and she was like, Christina, enough's enough. You need to just pick yourself up and get back together. And there's something about when people risk maybe me not liking them or getting upset that they find it so pertinent that I know that bit of advice that they're willing to risk that. I don't know. It's just something about that really does it for me. And after she said that, I just sat with that and I thought, yeah, she's right. Like, what am I going to sit here forever? You have to make a change. If you don't change, the only one that you're hurting is yourself, you know, mm-hmm. the time pass either way. So it was kind of a life experience with the help of those around me. Yeah. So amazing. And thank you for sharing some of your personal story too. And some of the things that impacted you along the way in your path, because we are not just businesses without a story, right? We all carry a story with us and it's so important. I love how you model that growth mindset. So in Dietitian Boss, it's super important. One of our key pillars of success is being able to go from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And you're just such a shining example of that. And that phrase of like, don't give up, time is going to pass anyways, is also a shining example of that. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really helpful having some of those 
like in the dietitian boss group, having some of those mindset shifts, because it's like, even though I know that viscerally, I almost forgot how important it is to actually set the time aside to reflect on things and, you know, shift things from like a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. So it's like, even though I know that it's like doing that has been really impactful, I think on my path too. And having a group of people that are doing it too, because sometimes it's easier to get in that fixed mindset when you're at home by yourself. And like you had that neighbor, that friend, that family friend that kind of kicked you into action. This kind of dietitian boss group can help with that too. So I want to talk a little bit more about your business. So how did you land on the ideal client of supporting people with diabetes? So when I was in the hospital and doing clinical work, I kind of started focusing on diabetes and I was even accruing hours towards getting my CDE or my certified diabetes educator credential. And it just felt natural to me. I'm familiar with it. I did a lot of gestational diabetes counseling. I did inpatient and outpatient at the hospital and it was just a lot of what I had done. So it felt natural to pick up there. And it's actually funny because years ago, I went to a psychic medium after my dad passed away. And he told me that he sees me in diabetes, doing things in diabetes, and that I'm a connector and a communicator. So I just thought that was kind of funny because I remember thinking about it a while ago. And I was like, oh, I guess he was wrong. And then here we are ending up <laughs> diabetes. So like working with this population, I find that a lot of them are really motivated and excited to make change. And that speaks to me. Yeah. So we can get business advice from really anywhere, right? Path yeah. advice from so many different places. When you started My Season Soul, you didn't know where to start. You didn't know what you were doing. But now in Dietitian Boss, here you are having financially successful months in your business. What are some of the key takeaways? Like if you could give us a couple of key things that you didn't know when you first started My Season Soul and that you have been able to implement now. Well, first I would say just part of that is maybe like start considering where you do have a fixed mindset and where you can't have a growth mindset. Because if you're asking people to do your coaching services, consider the fact that you might need a coach. Where can you be better? And I did not have a coach prior when I did my season soul. And I knew that I didn't know what I didn't know. So I knew that I saw people out there doing it successfully and I admired that. And I wanted to know how to do that. And I think when you you know, you have a path and a method from somebody who's done that successfully, it helps you on so many different levels. And you have to know how to, you know, market yourself. I think it's been helpful doing it once before with my season soul. And now I, my current full-time job is in marketing. So I'm really grateful that I have those resources to pull from. Like I could have seen my season soul as a failure. I would be lying if I said that I didn't feel like that at times, but I knew that it was something that I learned from and that I wanted to glean things from. And I absolutely did. So I'm glad that I had that experience prior to this one. Yeah, I think just, you know, having some of the marketing strategies, really realizing how powerful social media marketing is in this day and age is just awesome. And you learn a lot about that through the dietitian boss method. And then also the ways that you want to conduct your coaching. I think, you know, having a group is really powerful and optimizing your time. Those are some of the like main takeaways that I'm doing differently this time. Thanks to what I've learned in Dietitian Boss. Yeah. And so 
That is some really good points about marketing your business and learning the power of social media. And just to be clear, you're not doing ads on social media. I actually did one. No, I did two. I did one that I had a credit for, and then I started another one. But honestly, I don't think that's what's growing my business. I did have a somewhat like, I think I had like 3000 of a following and I started two months ago and I've gained 2000 followers since then. So I've had two ads that were like four days. So that wasn't the majority of where the followers came from. I think it really comes down to working with the way that the Instagram algorithm works. So like posting reels and also posting information that's, you know, educational and captivating. Like you only have a certain amount of time and our attention is being pulled in so many different directions. So if we really optimize that like 10 seconds that we're in front of somebody and we teach them something new with big, bold letters and a fun personality, I think it really brings people to your page. Absolutely. And so how did you land on what letters to make big and bold for your reels? Like, how did I decide what kind of information I was going to be posting? Yes. You and Libby always talk about doing market research. So I'm out there and I'm kind of looking at, you know, what are other dietitians that are working in the diabetes space or just that are successful in their private practices? What are they doing? And I can see a common theme. There's lots of information that's educational to them. It's also empathizing with them and what their experience is like. I feel like that might be one of the most important parts is like helping them know that you know or understand what they must be going through, you know, and connecting. That's something that you can do both through the reels, through static Instagram posts, in the comments and in the messages, you know, making that personal connection, I think is really powerful. Absolutely. And that empathy piece, you have to do some connecting in order to empathize, right? You have to be looking at where your client is at, what they're up to, what their struggles are, how they're getting through day to day, especially with something like diabetes that they might be on medication or going to a lot of doctor's visits. Like there's a lot of opportunity for empathy when you pay attention to how their life is. Yeah. And you see a common theme when you're talking to them. A lot of people say that it's kind of the same story. You know, we talk a little bit, they express that they're feeling shame, confusion, fear. They don't know where to turn to. They feel isolated and alone. They don't have a community of people that are going through the same thing. I would hope that their medical team provided them with some information or guidance on where to go, or at least a referral to a dietitian, but oftentimes not the case, unfortunately. So I feel that when they come to, you know, our pages, they feel that they have a safe space to talk and share and get that information. Absolutely. And a safe space from an emotional perspective and also from a knowledge perspective, because you have specialized training and so they can trust the information that you're sharing is accurate and safe for their lives too. Right. Absolutely. One of the things that you mentioned is that you watch other dietitians that are successful in this space. And I just want to say that that is another highlight of your growth mindset, because a lot of times when people watch other people in their space being successful, that can create some imposter syndrome. How did you, did you have to work through that imposter syndrome watching other people in the space? Or did you naturally say, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. I absolutely have felt imposter syndrome at times because when it's hard not to, you know, you consider every aspect of it, at least in the way that my brain works. And so there are moments where I'm thinking like, wow, I'm like just starting out and I'm seeing these people that are 
you know, miles ahead of me. But at the end of the day, I feel like just deep down, I really wholeheartedly believe in myself. Like I feel in my gut that this is something that I'm supposed to do. Like it brings me joy. It lights me up. I feel light. I feel happy in a way that I haven't felt for a long time. And to me, that tells me that I'm on the right path. Like even saying that right now makes me feel good, you know, and I just wholeheartedly believe that. And I feel like you have to, and it's like, if they can do it, you can do it too. Why can't you do it? There's nothing stopping you. It's just that belief that you can't and you have to look at those people as inspiration rather than competition because there's more than enough to go around yeah if we think about how many people are in the diabetic space or even pre-diabetes or afraid of getting diabetes because a family member has it you know there's more than enough people searching for help (laughs) for people to be busy let's talk about your group coaching because I know when you first entered Dietitian Boss, there was some questions about group coaching, one-on-one coaching. There's still some pieces of that are being worked through in your business. Us a little bit about how the group coaching is going for you and what struggles came up in starting that model for you that you worked through. There's so many things that have come up. And I think I came into this knowing enough about business from people that have done it, you know, colleagues, other interns from my program, from you guys, that it's basically supply and demand. So I knew that going into it, it was going to be something, a model that was changing over time. And initially that kind of scared me a little bit because I knew that I was in for a lot of work, but I was also made the decision that I'm here for it. No matter what that means, I'm going to adapt and I'm going to change consistently to meet their needs. And I don't want to have a mediocre program. I want to have an excellent program that meets their needs. So I think going into it based on the dietitian boss model, knowing that, you know, in the beginning, this is, you know, a way for them to both learn as well as for me to learn has been really powerful. And I just booked my ninth client. So I increased my prices and this is the first client that booked with that. And as I increased my prices based on the information that I've been able to take from my first group, I am now changing my group coaching program. So initially I was doing some education in the beginning on our calls, and now I'm going to have some modules that I'm currently in the process of uploading as well as some handouts. I find that most people, especially when you're first diagnosed, it's really overwhelming. And it's like, there's all these numbers and grams and like, this has to be like this. And that has to be like this. And it's a lot for them. So What they've said is that they really want almost like, you know, easy information, doable. They do want the numbers, but make it as easy as possible, plug and chug. So I have some handouts that I've also created. Instead of coaching this last week, we went over the handouts and I just asked them for feedback. I feel like the feedback is honestly the most valuable tool because that is the very thing that helps you to improve your program. And you guys say that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that's really important in Dietitian Boss is to continually learn from your ideal client Mm -hmm. what they need and what they want, right? And we do that through market research, but the best source of market research is your group coaching program. One of the things I love about the Dietitian Boss method is that you get to paid to learn and grow your business and make it better, right? You're not at a deficit. You're actually making money and helping people at the same time you're creating your program and making it better. One of the things that I remember about you first starting your group program is being afraid that you weren't going to have something to teach them or you weren't going to be able to manage the group. So has your experience been with that mindset of being worried about not having the right thing to say or not having something to teach? 
I was just going to touch on that next because you really helped me in our one-on-one with that, because I think that's another like imposter syndrome sort of thing, but you have to remember like they're paying money to be here. Like they're going to put in the energy that they want to get out of it. So they're going to come with questions. And, you know, I just, honestly, I asked them, what do you want? What's helpful for you? And then I decided to sort of have a model that I would go off of just to kind of help myself feel more comfortable, which was that, you know, we have the one hour coaching session, take 10 to 20 minutes to do education. And then I'll split the rest of the hour for, you know, questions and things like that. And it was almost actually after coming up with exactly how I was going to do it. It was almost like we almost didn't have enough time. Like we were really at the end of the hour. So then after doing that a couple of times, and I was nervous every time, I'm not going to lie. After <laughs> a couple of times, then I was like, okay, this actually works. So it really was a mindset shift, I think for me. Yeah. That's so important to know that it's okay to show up nervous, right? And do it anyways. And if you go over that hurdle, you're going to have some success and you're going to have some positive feedback. One of the things that is been really fun for me to watch behind the scenes in your business is watching you take that feedback and really create something that's special and sustainable and helpful for people. So creating those trainings at the beginning of each call. And then now those are turning into modules, which in the future can turn into a course or can turn into YouTube videos to attract people. I mean, there's so many different ways you can use that. So I love how you're reusing and utilizing the content that you're creating, no matter where you're creating it. Yes. Like talking to you has been really helpful about that because once I got my eighth client, then I realized, okay, now I can, you know, create a course that's going to help people in other ways. And I didn't even think that I could use some of that same content as the course. I don't know why that didn't even cross my mind. I think because, well, a lot of us are perfectionists as dietitians and I catch myself every single day where I'm spending more time than I have and I'm freaking out about it. And then I have to kind of like bring myself down to earth and be like, it's okay. You're still in the beginning stages. You can't do it all. And it's like really humbling, really humbling to remind yourself of that. But I think it comes from a good place. You just want to do good. And I'm creating the course and I'm using the information that I provided them in the very beginning and turning that into material for the course. And that saves time, you know, and it's providing the information that is literally from their mouths. Like this is what's going to help me. So that's been helpful. Amazing. And you're a great example to why we progress our fees as things evolve, as we work with more clients, because one of the questions we get a lot is, well, how can I increase my price for the ninth person when I'm doing the same program as I did with the eighth person? Like it doesn't feel fair. So what advice would you give to other dietitians out there listening or even dietitian bosses in our program and are like, oh, how do I increase my fee between the eighth person and the ninth person? That's a really great question. And yeah, that's a lot of what I struggled with. But if you think about it, once you're in that situation where you have now a ninth client, it's the only next step that makes sense is to change and adapt, right? Because you don't have enough time in the hour to both teach and answer questions for nine or 10 or 12 people. So the natural thing would be, let's take that initial education from the top of the hour put that somewhere else and then devote more time to each individual in the actual coaching calls. And then, you know, I think now I'm realizing like with time, there's 
next, you know, next time when I raise my prices again, whatever client number that is, I'm going to continue growing. And I almost actually have to stop myself from adding all these things now that I want to add, you know, because it's like, again, I don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth and it has to make sense for everyone involved, but that's just the natural evolution of it. And I think you'll see that once you're there. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing to highlight is that no matter if it's your first client, your 10th client, your program is always evolving. And because you guys are caring, loving people who want your clients to have success, they're going to ask for things and you're going to create them, right? They're going to say, I don't understand how to count carbs. Can you help me with that? And of course you're going to make a handout. So the first client didn't have that handout day one, but the 10th client does, right? Or they're going to ask for feedback on something and then you're going to create a tracking system for them with their blood sugars or something. So that wasn't there for the fifth client, but now it is for the 12th client. So your program is ever evolving and changing. It's never the same, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's growing with time and that's what they're paying for. So, yeah. So yes, I have seen you wanting to add things and make things more complicated, really. And I can totally relate to that. I think that's part of the entrepreneurial mindset is to continuously create, right? We're always in this creative zone or trying to maybe in a continuous improvement space as well, where we're always trying to make things better. And so how have you been able to wrangle in that creative aspect or prevent yourself from making things more complicated? Honestly, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out because (laughs) my mind is just always going with ways of adapting and changing things. But the main thing that works for me is just put it outside of myself, like write it down in the notes on my phone. I have literally, I mean, I have notes everywhere, like, but just put it down outside of yourself and then have these ideas somewhere. Like I have so many also on my computer, I have Excel documents of feedback from people that I talk to. So I have, you know, different tabs in an Excel document. And one is from Instagram surveys that I do. One is from my coaching group, the midpoint survey that we do, testimonials, messaging. So I just try to compile that all in one place. And then when I need, you know, ideas on, you know, mostly like content pieces, that's a good place where I can go to like have ideas on what I'm going to post in a reel or an Instagram story. But I think I just have to remind myself when it comes to adapting the program, just think about what makes sense for the price point and the time that you have right now. That's how I try to reel myself back in. (laughs) Yeah, that's so important. I used to, when I was brainstorming for my business too, I have notes on my computer where I just like brain dump everything that I want to do. And then every three to six months, sit down and review it and say, okay, are there things that I've already done that I can cross off this list? Just that organically came to be or things that are for next year or six months from now, or however many clients from now. So that's such a great tip. One of the things that I love about coaching and dietitian boss is celebrating with you guys, your wins. What are some, I'm going to give you like permission to humbly brag here on the podcast. What are some wins that have been really impactful for you since joining dietitian boss? That's a tough question because there's so many, where do I even start? I think some of my biggest wins, I mean, initially just getting that first client, you know, establishing as you go on with time, you sort of build a picture of what your method is going to look like. 
moving forward and it's not going to happen overnight. It's almost like building something out of Legos. The base is there, you know, and that feels really good. And I would say that's one of the biggest wins for me, but having had, you know, a group of eight clients go through the program, all the learnings that I've taken from them, all the learnings that I've taken from Instagram and the community that I've built on there. I think like just having that community is such a win for me. And then now having booked my ninth client, that is such a win. And because I was scared after I raised my prices, like, is this something that people are going to want to invest in? But I had to learn also how to adapt the way I'm speaking to them and let them know, like, you know, now in my script, it's not just that I have these two things. There's three ways that I can help you because I have educational modules, the classes and the Facebook group. So I would say those are some of the biggest wins is honestly about my clients, like Instagram, that's great too. And like, you know, the amount of people that are seeing my views, but for me, it's more like the people that I'm working with and they're coming to me, they're finding me and that they're interested in working with me. That's my number one win, hundred percent. Yeah. So just to highlight a couple of things I hear you saying is that you figured out how to do sales calls a little better and how to talk directly to people in a sales call setting, which let's be honest, that can be really awkward, right? To be in sales calls with people if that's not something you're used to. You're growing your social media, but it's not just growth for growth's sake. It's actually people you want to talk to and people who want to work with you. So that is super important. And you're having fun. You're enjoying the clients that you're working with. And you're having success in growing your group program and continuing to have people work with you in that group coaching setting. So those are huge wins. And I'm so excited to watch your business continue to grow because I know that it will. What is a piece of advice? So we have a lot of dietitians that are still in school or in internship or a lot of dietitians listening that are in clinic and they're not having fun. They're not enjoying the people that they're working with, or maybe the environment that they're working within. What advice would you have for them? I would just let them know that you can't do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. And that's basically what I'm talking to potential clients about too. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And there's a different way, you know, like dietitians are not going to for the most part, make the money that they deserve is kind of an energy thing. You're putting so much of your time and your energy, and you probably entered this field because you want to help people. And then how do you feel? Like, what are you getting back from that? Do you feel held and supported? Or do you feel almost, I don't want to say like used, but do you feel a little bit like there's an uneven exchange there? Because if that's the case, it doesn't have to be like that. And I felt like that for a long time. And like going into something like this feels really empowering because I'm helping people that are helping me too. And it feels good. So I would just say that there's another way. If you try it on your own and you're not finding the success that you're looking for, invest in a coach. I mean, take it from me that I've done it both without a coach and with a coach. And just to say it again, within four years of my previous private practice, I made that same amount in two months. And so I can only imagine what that's going to look like 12 months or, you know, two years from now or five years from now, the opportunities are endless. Absolutely. 
That's so encouraging, Christina. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your growth mindset. And you're so inspirational for me and Team Dietitian Boss. And we love celebrating your wins behind the scenes and with you on calls. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today to the Dietitian Boss podcast. We are sending you so much love, especially if you're listening and you're feeling stuck in your life. I really hope that hearing Christina's story give you hope for what's available for you and your future. And Christina, just in case they didn't write it down when we started our podcast episode, how can people get in touch with you? So you can find me on Instagram under type2.diabetes.nutritionist or Christina Cook. That's Christina with a K, Cook with an E. Awesome. It's so great to connect with you today, Christina. And thank you for being part of the Dietitian Boss Network. And I just want to say you are so uplifting, as uplifting as you've been on this podcast for me and all the listeners. You bring that attitude to the Facebook group and to your Dietitian Boss colleagues. So we really appreciate and love the energy you bring to everything that you're doing. And I know that that carries through to your clients. So such an inspiration. Thank you everyone for tuning in today and we will catch you on the next podcast episode. Thank you. We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might be a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method. Additionally, we offer a higher level program called Executive to help you hire and manage a staff as you expand and scale your program, whether you're offering a membership, course, group programming, private coaching, or a combination of various different offerings. We're here to help you on your journey with developing processes and implementing the operational foundation that you need to reach your goals. A lot of our clients want to work 20 hours or less a week. And we're so proud to say that we've helped them achieve that goal. And you'll hear their stories on this podcast. Make sure to stay tuned and apply if you're looking for support to get there faster and meet some colleagues along the way who share your same growth mindset.